look this morning at a couple of thoughts. And basically, if I was to give you the, the, the thoughts that we're going to be uh, looking at or thinking about today, it's going to be these two things. The cursed leader, the blessed leader. Okay? I want you to get our minds uh, thinking those direction. And you say, hey, hey, I'm not a leader. I'm not, I'm not uh, the one. And you guys already know because I've told you many times you are. There are people watching you. You have an impact at, uh, at, at the bare minimum on your immediate family and the people that are seeing you in the, in the places of business, the places of work, where you buy your groceries. We're called to be leaders and examples. Amen. Last week we talked about uh, steward leadership. The idea that, that if we would just be able to uh, allow God to help us to manage and to use the blessings that he's given us appropriately and through that make a difference in other people's lives in the way that we're using the things that God has given us. So another aspect uh, in that aspect, we're leaders, right? Uh, we should be. And so basically the short is if we take these blessings and things that God has given us and we waste them, this health that he's given us, this strength that he's given us, the mind that he's given us, the family, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. If we take those things and we abuse them and take them for advantage and waste them, we're leading in a wrong example, in a wrong way. And so we should be leading uh, by being good stewards. Today we're going to be looking at the cursed leader and the blessed leader. And this is, we're going to be looking straight out of God's word in Jeremiah and also in Psalms. And so when you find uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, make sure you put something in there if you're wanting to follow along this morning. And also in Psalms chapter 1. That way you can, because uh, I'm going to flip back and forth just a little bit this morning. Jeremiah chapter 17. We're going to be reading, first of all, we're going to be reading verses 5 and 6. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 and 6. Second place we'll be reading is Psalms chapter 1, verses 1. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 5, this is... uh, Starts with saying, thus says the Lord. I think we should pay attention. Special attention. Special attention. If we see something that says, thus saith the Lord, right? Thus saith the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man. By the way, I'm reading in the New King James today. So just, just for your information, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Verse 6, For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. I don't know about you today, but I don't want to be cursed. We want to be blessed, right? We want to have the Lord's uh, blessing shining upon us. 
We don't want to be cursed. And this We're starting out today by looking at the one that is cursed. And it simply says here, the person that puts his trust in a man or in a person, a human, and also makes his, his flesh or this body here on earth as his strength, he is cursed. He goes on to explain what that, uh, one more thing. So first, he trusts in man. Second, his flesh is his strength. And third, his heart departs from the Lord. So he, he, he's trusting in what someone else says, or he's trusting in, in what he understands, it, it, what he thinks is good, or what he uh, feels is good, or what someone else says is, says is good. And his strength is in what he can perform in his self. At least I'm able, you know, he thinks that if I can just uh, have enough knowledge or if I can learn enough or if I can be uh, uh, strong enough or I am strong enough. It's all about him. Then the last thing is heart departs from the Lord. That one to me is kind of obvious. I think that if, if our heart is walking away from God, if we're choosing to go away from God, uh, it just simply says that the cursed is the man. I want you to flip over to Psalms chapter 1 and look at this, what it's saying here. Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1. I want to pause just a moment and pray this morning. I sense that I need God's help once again. Heavenly Father, I'm thankful today for the opportunity to be here. I'm thankful for the words and and for how you've met with me beforehand. And Lord, now I, I want to come before you and let you know that I need your help. I need your help in the words that are said and the things that you would have me not to say. Lord, that you would guide and direct my thoughts. Lord, I'm asking that your presence would be here, walk in and out among us, that you would speak to each heart here, push back anything that would be a distraction, confusion. Lord, anything that would be wrong, we plead the blood of Jesus on this place and that your spirit would have right of way today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, Blessed, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now this here starts off by saying blessed. And sometimes, so a lot of times when we read this, we kind of think we're thinking about the, the blessed side. But I want us to think about the cursed side of this. Because if you were to say that if, if you did these things, then we would be cursed. And we just got done looking at the other scripture that showed us uh, some things that that would allow us to be cursed or would cause us to be cursed. Here, I just want us to uh, look at three things out of this verse right here that will cause us to go down the road, the cursed road. Wrong counsel. Walking in wrong counsel, it says. Standing in the paths of sinners and sitting in the seat of the scornful. I believe this morning that this is a, this is a progression. The first, at first, uh, an individual would begin to check out the wrong things. This could happen a lot of different ways. Maybe, maybe let, me, let me explain it this way. Maybe uh, this is scrolling through social media. We're looking at Facebook or whatever it might be. And we begin to start to notice a lot of the negative and a lot of the, the things that are being said that are no good. And we begin to, to look at that and to begin to kind of spend a little more time on that. Instead of just saying, you know what, I probably need to unfollow this. This is not helpful to me. 
We begin to dwell on it a little more. And then the second phase, the second step there is they begin to, they begin the, what does it say? Stands in the paths of sinners. Now we begin to dwell on it a little bit more. We're staying on there, kind of reading through. We're beginning to take in the negative. We're beginning to take in the, 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 the wrong that we shouldn't be. And you could use it. There's a lot of different areas that we, this could uh, apply in. I'm just giving us an example this morning. We begin to, to really partake of Maybe we even, we even go back to that page on social media, on Facebook, and say, you know what? I want to see what they're talking about again today. And we begin to really get into it. And then the third one is it sits in the seat of the scornful. This today, friends, is one that now has become part of that group. They not just, they're not just scrolling through and, and kind of like seeing what kind of negative stuff people are saying, what kind of criticisms that are going on. They're not just looking at the, at the things that they shouldn't look at. They're not just, you know, kind of glancing through some of the bad movies. They're not just, you know, listening to some of that garbage that they shouldn't be listening to. They are not just glancing at it. They're not just being a part of it. They're not just enjoying it. They're part of it. They begin to contribute to the criticism. They begin to contribute to the, uh, to the negativity. They begin to, to, to jump in and be a part of the cutting others down and stabbing others in the back. They begin to, to be a part of, of the wrong. Obviously, that's a cursed individual. I, I, I don't think we have any trouble seeing that. If, you're, if you develop to that far, if we develop that, there's no way God can bless us. At that point, at the seat of the scornful, they probably, we would probably be the one that is giving the wrong advice. We're now the ones that writing the posts, contributing to the, to the wrong. I'm just using that for an example, okay? But we're so far into it. Our heart is so darkened from walking away from God that we're now just part of it. Just a question today. Where are you getting your advice from? Where are you getting your wisdom from? Where are you getting your direction from? Where are you getting your thoughts from? Could be social media that uh, would contribute to that. It could be a negative or bitter, angry person. Or it could even be the, the news, right? The news is pretty, I think we'd all agree this morning, there's a lot of negative on there. If you, want, if you want to be depressed, if you want to go down that road, perfect place to spend your time. Where are we getting our advice from? What is it that's impacting our life? I, I think this has cautioned me today to be very careful because it is a progression down the road of, you know, we, we should stay far away. We begin to sense that this is not good for us. This is not something that would be pleasing to God. It, we need to steer clear of that. I'm glad today that it doesn't stop there because that's, uh, we don't want to look at just the negative, right? We don't look at just the cursed one. Let's look at the blessed one. Let's go back to Jeremiah chapter 17. <clears throat> Jeremiah 17 verses 7 and 8.
Jeremiah 17, 7, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out his roots by the river and will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Today I jot down a a few notes on this. The person that is blessed. First of all, you see there that he trusts in the Lord. He's not trusting in the one that's always spitting out the negativity. He's not trusting in the news. He's not trusting in what somebody's opinion is on, on, on Facebook, right? Instead, he's trusting in the Lord. His word, truth, is what he trusts in. The second thing today is his hope is the Lord. I think about the absence of hope. The absence of hope is the one that that has no reason to live. Mm -hmm. Contemplating suicide. Attempt at taking their own life. No hope. Today I'm glad to tell you that we have hope. that, That the Lord is our hope. We have a reason to be here. We, there's, a, there's, a, there's a hope that we could be able to somehow impact some of our families. There's a hope that we could somehow see some changes. There's a hope that we can make it to heaven. Thank the Lord that He's our hope today. There's some hope that He can even allow us to heal. Some hope that He could, that he could deliver us from some things that we're struggling with in our mind and in our body and in our families. Thank the Lord for hope today. The third thing is... This person is not anxious in in the heat and in the drought and they still bear fruit. What's the heat and what's the drought? Well, we, we've talked about this before, right? We, we, just because we, we uh, uh, begin to serve God, just because we experience a, a close relationship with Him doesn't mean that things don't go wrong. It doesn't mean that sickness doesn't happen. It doesn't mean that death doesn't happen. It doesn't mean that relationships don't have trouble. It doesn't mean that, that someone in the family is not going to run their mouth. It doesn't mean that we're going to never run out of finances, right? It doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is that God is going to be there to walk through those situations with us. And we see today that the individual that is, that is blessed is a one that is, has, has his trust in the Lord. His hope is the Lord. And he is uh, bearing fruit even in the midst of difficult times. Times when the rain doesn't come. Time when the, when the heat waves are, are large and heavy and hot. When things are sliding sideways and the world is falling apart around us. By the way, I want to say I'm thankful for those people in my life that are like that. The people that when everything falls apart, when my world begins to seem like it's shaking and, 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 and all the other things are going wrong, there's some people that are still standing strong, still bearing fruit, still making some right choices, and still having hope and still trusting. I'm thankful that I can be that way and that you can be that way today. Let's roll back to Psalms chapter 1 quickly. You'll look at this. It says Psalms chapter 1, and we'll look at this time verse uh, 2 and 3. 
Verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, whatever he does, shall prosper. We see here now in this uh, place that the blessed individual is one that delights in God's law. Does God's word, does what God say, does it make us happy when we begin to understand as we read his word or we hear someone speak on God's word? And, 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 and does it allow our heart to be warmed? Are we encouraged that God is speaking to us through his word? Does it make us happy and encouraged as we read? It should. And it says uh, that, that, that he delights in God's law. Not only that, he's thinking on it day and night. He's not just thinking on it, but he's meditating on it. Meditation would be, how does this apply to me? I'm struggling with a situation in the family. How does God's word apply to that? I'm trying to decide which way to go in the future. How does God's word apply to that? I'm struggling with the pain of loss. How does God's word apply to that? How is it speaking into my life? How does it want to change me? Day and night, waking up in the night and, and we begin to realize that we can't sleep. There's something that we're struggling with. I love the song, Tell It to Jesus. As we begin to tell Jesus all about it, cast it over onto him and say, God, I can't carry it on my own. I want you to take this problem. And then we begin to think on his word, <coughs> meditate on his word. And the last thing that I wrote down, wrote down on this is, is he is bringing forth Fruit in its, in its season. I love how this is said. And you guys, I probably pointed this out before. But I love how it says, bringing, not just bringing forth fruit, but in its season. Amen. Right. Thank God that we, can, that we can have good things coming at the right time. We can know when to say the things and they need to be said. We can know when to keep our mouth shut when it needs to be shut. We can begin to see improvement in our life when it's the right time. I, I think we all have maybe come across someone in our lives or maybe we've even been this way ourselves or maybe it's a good thing and we say something that's good and right but it was not at the right time. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever done that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Thank God that He can help us to be able to bring forth good things at the right time. I, the, long, the older I get, the more I feel like, that, or the more I understand that with God, it's, it's timing. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that we want to rush and we want to hurry and we want to fix. And God, is a, God is, His timing is sometimes so much different than ours. We're over here like, God, didn't you see this? We could have fixed this yesterday. It was a perfect time. Time's not right yet. Or we're like, God, not yet, not yet. I'm not ready, not yet. And he says, right now's the time. Sometimes that's just as uncomfortable. Maybe he says, I'm only getting too distracted here, but maybe he would tell us, you know what? I want you to talk to that one. I want to tell you what happened to me. I was, in a, I was in my shop in North Carolina years ago, and there was a man that I was working on his truck, 
and he, uh, it was a little green Ford Ranger. I still remember it to this day. And he, he worked at the place not too far from my place. And after work or sometimes before work, he would drop his truck off and I would work on it. And then after work, he would pick it up. So it was kind of at the end of the day. And we would begin to talk. And I, I, I'm not the Steve, I wasn't the Steve Archibald that I am today. I, 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 with the Lord's help, I talk to people now much quicker than I used to. I used to be kind of backward and quiet. And I used to be, uh, well, you know, I'm not sure that God would really want me to talk to someone about, about Jesus or to share what God has done for me. And I knew that God had saved me. He had radically changed my life. But I felt like that's for the preacher. And I want to tell you today that I, I, I knew that God wanted me to talk. I really felt strongly that if I could talk to this guy, that, that you know, I had a little bit of relationship. And I, and I was realizing there's nobody else. He was, a, he was doing wrong things. And he had made a lot of wrong choices in his life. And he was just going to work and going home and then drinking his night away many times. And then doing it again the next day. And I hesitated. I didn't have the fruit in the right season. My fruit, I delayed it. And I didn't allow God to bring that fruit forth in my life. I didn't say anything to Him about it. I didn't share what God had done for me. I didn't share what I, what I knew that God could do for Him. And I missed it. It's a short time later. After I had those feelings that I should talk to Him, that He suddenly died and went out into eternity and faced God. And it rocked my world. It challenged me. It was like, it was like one of those times when I, when I got a whooping from God. And Lord, help me today to bring forth the fruit when He says the time is right. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to miss that again. has nothing to do with whether or not we're a preacher. has nothing to do with whether or not we're whatever else. It has everything to do with allowing God to help us to bring forth that fruit in this season. All right. I want to go back and finish up reading some more verses in Jeremiah chapter 17 again. <clears throat> Maybe we would be wondering today, how, how does this happen? How does, how does an individual be blessed? And, and how, how does this happen? I mean, we've looked at trusting in God, hoping in, in the Lord. I want to look at a few more of these verses here. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Remember, this is thus saith the Lord. This is the Lord speaking. And he says, the heart, our heart is very deceitful. I think this is one of the areas that maybe we should caution and, and be thinking to be careful about making decisions on our emotions. Just because it doesn't feel right or just, or just because we, we, we feel scared or just because we feel like whatever. We should be careful making decisions on our heart. is very deceitful sometimes. And then it says desperately wicked. Who can know it? This is the end of the verse. Who can know it? God answers the question in the next verse. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. We see here, he says, how how can we even know our heart? How do we know 
And God says, I know. He says, I know the heart. I know the mind. He says, I, he says I'm the one that searches out the heart. God is there to search down into the, the back corners of your heart. Not just the outside, but down into the corners of those places where you were hurt before. Those places where you made some bad mistakes before. Those places where I've been guarding and saying, God, no, I don't want you to look there. And he searches out the heart. Then it says he tests the mind. He tests the mind. I could probably, we could probably speak a whole message on that there, on the testing of the mind. But God is there to try our thoughts and our, our intents. Where are, we, where are we going? Why are we saying the things we're doing? I'm sorry, why are we saying the things that we're saying? Man, I'm twisting up. What are, why are we going to the places we're going to? Why are we watching what we're watching? Why are we listening to what we're listening to? Why are we dwelling on those, those topics online? Why is our mind going the places it's going? It says that he tests the mind. Says that God gives to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. We see here that God, because he knows, he knows what's in the heart, in the deep corners of the heart, because he knows the direction the mind is going, because he knows why we're thinking those things and how we're thinking and what we want to do and why we want to do them, because he understands all of that and because he is a just God and a holy God, he can judge and reward appropriately. This is not being judged by, by your family. This is not being judged by, by, the, by anything other than God Himself. It says, according to the fruit of His doings. I want to read verse 11. This is just extra. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to spend much time on here, but I, I, I found it interesting that God would bring this verse right after the verses that we just read. Verse 11, as a partridge that broods but does not hatch. So this is the, this is the nest of eggs. Sitting on there, waiting on those eggs to hatch, waiting on those eggs to hatch, waiting on those eggs to hatch. Second part of the verse. Oh, I'm sorry, but then it doesn't hatch. Nothing happens. No baby chicks, no baby partridge birds. And he says here, so is he who gets rich, but not by right. It will leave, I, it will leave him in the midst of his days, and at his end, he will be a fool. It's interesting to think that God would put those words right after the scripture that we just read. About God knowing the intent of the heart. God understanding the, uh, the testing the mind. As I thought about these things in, in uh, the, the blessed individual, the cursed in, the individual, the one that's, that, that's leading in his life by the example, and he's blessed. I began to think about this uh, tree planted by the water. If you can imagine in your mind, and remember God also said in Jeremiah that the cursed one would be a shrub in the dry land. 
They're just in a dry land. It says, it says that he won't even know it when something good comes by. Maybe a little bit of rain or something here and there. It doesn't even affect him. He is a dry sh- shrub in the middle of a dry land. And it's just no fruit, no nothing. But the other one, the blessed individual, God compares him to the tree down by the river. It says his roots are spreading out over into the water. And, he, and, he, and he's a, a strong tree. Bringing forth its fruit in its season, the right time. As I begin to think about that, I, I think from, from all the way until this morning, I have always thought that that meant, or I've always applied that in my mind to this, you know, we're going to be like this uh, tree that's by the river. And I'm thinking about God is kind of the river and, and he's supplying our, our, what we need. And there's nothing wrong with that, I don't suppose. But you know what? We know what I realized this morning as I was reading through this and, and thinking on it. This says, if you fed, if, if, as we read through here, that this tree could also make it through difficult times. It says here um, in verse 8, he will be like a tree. It didn't say that he will be a tree by the waters. He says it's going to be, the tree is going to be like one that's planted by the waters. Okay, I want to point this out because it seriously helped me this morning. It says uh, he's going to be like one that's planted by the waters, which spreads out his roots by the river, and he will not fear when heat comes. So now we know that there's going to be some heat coming. There's going to be some difficult. He's not going to be right there beside the river the whole time. This is my point today. This is, this is what God helped me with this morning. I'm not going to be right there beside the river, drinking up the water out of the river the whole time. No, it says here, and then he says, uh, and the last part of verse 8, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. This means that the river is probably not going to be there. Or maybe he's going to find himself, maybe this tree is going to be planted in Rinka Marcus and there is no river. And as I begin to think along those lines, I was brought back to the, to the verse that we looked at last week in John chapter 4, in verse 13 and 14. Let's look there quickly today. Now, I, I know for me personally, God allowed me to be by the river for quite some time. And I appreciate that, that I was able to be there where it was just, I mean, we were in the water and things were good and life was good. John uh, chapter 4. Nope, not 1 John. John chapter 4. Verse 13 and 14. This is when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But... Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And you know what I, what I believe today is that this river that he's talking about is something that God gives us down in, his, down in our hearts and he's coming up on the inside. This is not like we're just, we got to stay close to the river. This is a river that God puts inside of us as we have a relationship with him and he forgives us and changes us and his Holy Spirit spirit is in there to guide and direct us this thing begins to come out and we can survive because of him even in the times of heat even in the times of drought even when it's hard and difficult and it seems like nobody else is making the right choice and it seems like there's nobody else to hold our hand 
No other fruit trees maybe. And yet we can survive in that because God's fountain of living, living water is flowing up out of us. His, the, the river is right here. Man, that blessed me this morning as I was reading that because I thought, you know what? I can't always be down there by the Rio Grande. I can't always be over there where the river's flowing. Sounds kind of nice. Be down there in the shade along the river, fishing all the time. But sometimes things are hard. Sometimes we're called to do some things that are, that are, that are difficult. I was, I was challenged this week as, as a man was speaking and he said, he said, God has called us to go into the gates of hell and pull some out before they die and, and go to hell. Bring them back over to this side. And I'm challenged today uh, through this scripture that says that God has, that his river, his fountain is springing up inside of us and flowing through us. That we're able to, to, have, to stay green and to, and to bear our fruits in the right season because of that. Even in the gates of hell. You say, I'm not in the gates of hell. Well, I don't know that I want to be either. But you know what? I'm sick and tired of seeing young people and old people drop into hell and to, to leave this world without an opportunity to change. I am sick and tired of, of the mistake that I made all those years ago and didn't say what I should have said. Why? Because I didn't want to disrupt his world. I didn't want to challenge him. I don't want to make those mistakes again. Time is too short. Life is too short. Let's allow God today... To use us. Let's allow God to, to, to uh, uh, penetrate our being. Let's allow Him to, to, to cause us to change. To make that change in us. So that we can be like that river. Even in the dry place. Lord help us today. First of all, not to do the things that would cause us to be cursed, right? To realize that. But second of all, to realize that the, the, the blessed individual, the one that has that, that uh, uh, river of life, that fountain of life flowing up out of him, is able to make a difference in the world that God has called them to be in. Right here in Rinka Marcus. Maybe, maybe in, in, in a home that is not good. Maybe you say, you know what, I, I just, it seems like a struggle. It seems like, seems like dad or mom or, or brother or sister is just causing a hard time. That fountain of living water can work even there. And I thank the Lord for that today. Let's pray as we close. Heavenly Father, I'm thankful for your word once again. As, as we've looked at it and it's spoken to my heart today. Lord, I trust that your presence will, will, will put these through to where we can understand and, and to where we can comprehend and bring them fresh upon our mind throughout the week that we would be challenged to do right and to stand up to be the blessed leader. I love you today. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for us. I'm asking that you would be with us in the time of fellowship. It'll be a time of drawing close to you, close to each other. Lord, that you would continue with us throughout the day. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.